You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Gassaway. What's the scariest story you have? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking that question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Oh, welcome to the 3AM podcast. What up, y'all? I'm doing good. What's up, guys? How's your day? How's everyone's day? On a scale of 1 to 10. 7.2. Okay. It was a weird day, but like I feel really good now that we're all here. It's chill. No, actually, it's really busy. Yeah. But yeah. good busy, so that's chill. Nice. Nice. I'm DJ. I'm Charlie. I'm Sean. I'm Jordan. And we are lucky to have with us tonight the beautiful and amazing honorary guest, honorary member, Kev Stizzolini. Okay. <laughs> uh, cut that. <laughs> it's Kevin from Kevin. episode five, Texas. Shout out Green Beating Catering. Oh, yeah. Shout out Texas. Um, I, uh... I I made a comment on an Instagram post. Oh yeah, I want to know. What and happened. Uh, <laughs> it was wild because I just I don't usually comment things, and I just kind of look at stuff. But I it was this post and it was uh, it was one of those videos of the might or this might be the most disrespectful kid you ever see. You know, one of those weird videos or whatever, and some white kid. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I was like, of course this kid's white. Like ha ha ha, dude the like arguments that ensued afterwards like people got so offended i was like i'm white like what like <laughs> what, what happened so uh this lady and this one dude start arguing she's like well i'm white and you know not every white family uh you know not all parents are that irresponsible or those kids are district i was like who cares? and then some girl was like i'm actually uh hispanic and in mexican culture um you know we are starting to see the younger generation act like this i was like who cares like Did you post this on facebook there's like a, there's like no it was on instagram there's like 50 something comments now and i got like 140 likes on my comment and i was like i feel like dj when he went wild on reddit you know i was like this is wild what's the most famous you've been online this right now i think that's funny front page of reddit Damn. once nice that is nice that's that that is that was wild what was it again it, it was, was about incels right yeah there was a subreddit called incels and they're basically like a women hating group very small group but notorious on reddit anyway snapchat wrote an article about reddit and they're like how reddit is teaching men to hate women and it's really just that one small group. Like, Reddit hates them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like saying, yeah, all of, all of this person is terrorist because yeah. one person did something. Exactly, yeah. So I like took a screenshot. All kids are disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I took a screenshot of the article <laughs> and just posted it on a sub called Mildly Infuriating. And then <laughs> everyone was mildly, mildly infuriated. I would say a little bit more than mildly. No. Aggressively. How, how famous did you feel? Like I could, 
lick the sweat off of the servant of Kylie Jenner. <laughs> I was I was that close. All right, let's do question time. Question, question. jar <laughs> ASMR. So we we all put in oh that. So we all put in a ton of different questions into this jar, and if you have any good questions, DM us, let us know. But the question for the day. What are you superstitious about? Everything. Hmm. Hmm. Actually, okay, real real life, I'm actually pretty effing superstitious. Before wrestling matches when I was growing up, I'd do the same stuff over and over again. Like, I always would be the last person to touch... Like, I would be the last person to put my foot on the color, the line to get started. I'd always shake the ref's hand. Never did not do the, those things for, like, eight years straight. Did you... Was it, like, a mental choice? Like, I have to do this? Like, what? why? Um, I always... My dad always just kind of taught me to shake the ref's hand, just kind of out of respect, beginning, because you're kind of already on the ref's side. Like, hey, you're, you know, you're showing... You're, you're acknowledging them, you're appreciating them And before it started. I personally would always step to the line last, just so to see what foot they led with. Cause I, I lead with opposite foots. So I'll switch my lead up and not a lot of people do that. And so I would just kind of like see where they would. So you start. had like motives behind them. They weren't just like, I got to not do this or I will die. That's yeah. But if I didn't do those things, like there's maybe once or twice I didn't shake the ref's hand. I'd be like kind of thrown off at the beginning. I'd be like, Whoa, you know, um, I always got to check doors and stuff. That's not super superstitious. So checking like the backseat of my car. Is that what you mean by superstitious? It's whatever you want, bro. I guess that's true. No, no rules. Well, y'all know that I'm like hella respectful to insects. I told. Yeah. yeah. I told someone that I was like, Jordan respects all bugs and technology. And they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Sean, what about you? I have no superstitions. I actually believe that. Okay. (laughs) One thing that I don't know if this counts, but whatever. When I'm, it might just be like something obsessive. I was going to say half mine are like either OCD or like uh, superstition. Yeah. So I can't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out. But when I'm walking on the sidewalk and my foot steps on a line. You feel it. The other, yeah, I feel it. And my other foot has to step on like a line as well in the same spot. Does that make sense? Yes. Like in the middle of your foot or the heel of your foot? Yeah. Like if my left foot steps on a line, like like the arch mm-hmm. then like i'll try to like like pace myself so that like one of the lines i hit will be with my right foot at the arch it's so weird dude but there's no reason i don't know why i just feel like i have to like balance like it's part of balancing my life i respect my mother's back and so i don't step on the cracks i actually will go like i'll try to get two two steps in between cracks like especially on campus at byu i'd be like very wary of the cracks one of my favorite little skits I've seen was on uh, Robot Chicken. I remember watching it in high school, and it's like claymation. It's on Adult Swim, but uh, yeah, it's like claymation and like literally ten seconds. But this girl and her mother are like strolling down the sidewalk, and like she's skiffing, hopping, and then she steps on a crack, and her mom bends over backwards, just <laughs> back breaks. <laughs> and the girl's like looking at the crack, looking at her mom. That was just like one of those things that we talked about in a previous episode it's like step on a crack break your mom's back like where'd that start hoop. yeah where'd that start <laughs> a witch <laughs> sorry mom i always step on cracks <laughs> mm. so i don't really have any superstitions mm. 
anymore. In- infidelity. But <laughs> <laughs> but when I was in high school, my freshman year, I only missed one single day of seminary all throughout high school because I was superstitious about this. Seminary? Because the one day I missed seminary was 9-11. Oh my <laughs> and I was gosh. All, I caused that and I, I was way too full of myself. It was but, all uh, me. <laughs> yeah. So what it happened when it you graduated Bush. seminary? <laughs> Kevin missing church school in the morning can yeah. melt steel beams. Oh yeah, seminary is like just church class before school. <laughs> but, yeah. Well Mom's like, go to seminary, Kevin. He's like, No, I'll walk bar. <laughs> I don't think I have any real suspicions. I think all of mine would be classified in OCD things. Like? Just, there there are literally some times where I'll lock the door, get in shower, brush my teeth, get in bed, turn on the, off the lights, and in my head I'll be like, you have to go check the front door. And I'm like, you, you know you locked it, but I have to do it or else I won't be able to sleep. Just things like that. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I always line things up on desks. This is not really interesting. I just have a lot of OCD things. Um, do you ever eat things with like color? Like with, with regards to, uh, do you ever eat things in like categories of colors? Hell no. What? So for, for when I, for example, when I was little eating Skittles or like M&Ms first, if I had a lot of them, I'd line them up like they're playing football and line them <laughs> up in like football formations. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sports nerdy if y'all didn't know, but, um, but then I would like eat. I'd like then I would uh, separate them into teams, which was their, by their color. Don't you have German ancestry? I do. That makes sense. Yeah, I, the segregation. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm like sixty percent German. The purples must go over there. <laughs> <laughs> the greens can live. That's like bow rat. <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> And I'd eat them by color. The so. yellow shall take a shower. <laughs> oh, no. And I couldn't eat molt Like if I had three yellows and I had like four greens, I'd have to eat one green before the three yellows. Here's some uh, cultural superstitions. Like Hawaii is whistling at night. That's one of them. I think I've told you that before. Like but, you hear whistling or you whistle? Yeah. You're not supposed to whistle at night. It invites bad spirits. Hmm. So, like one of the stories is um, my aunt and my uncle's not like all their cousins they went camping this is when they were teenagers i wasn't even born yet but uh one of my uncles thought it'd be funny to start whistling they're like all in this one tent all the teenagers and um <clears throat> he starts whistling and they're like stop whistling stop whistling and he's just like laughing whistling they go to bed and he wakes up at night just like really uncomfortable and he like takes off his shirt and there's just scratches all on the back of his back <laughs> like um, almost bleeding or what uh no it wasn't bleeding it didn't pierce skin but like welts dude it was like red like you could tell like it was like uh like a hard scratch but that that's a superstition another one in tonga um because my dad's from there is can't point at the graveyard it's really disrespectful so when you, if you point at the graveyard spirits will grab your fingers and gouge your eyes out yeah, or you'll go to bed that night and wake up the next morning blind. I uh, remember watching a movie at my grandpa's when I was like eight or nine, and they went into a cemetery, and this guy starts peeing on 
a tombstone. Bro, that's not superstition. That's, that's just <laughs> generally <laughs> frowned upon. And, and, and then that's something reaches out of the ground and grabs his oh. wiener. <laughs> and that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> Your grandpa wild. What are you watching? Dude, my grandpa is a Freemason, dude. He's like, was, sorry. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> Philippines has some superstitions. I, l- I was actually reading a bunch of them earlier today, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. Like uh, did you ever hear the one like uh, if you drop a fork in your house, you'll get a visitor, like somebody. It, It'll be gender. So if you drop yeah. a spoon, it's a female, and if you drop fork, a fork, a male, male is going to come. Not bad or a spirit, just like. Gonna drop all the spoons in our kitchen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sean just stands at the door. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Sean has like a box of spoons from IKEA, just like dumping them on the ground. <laughs> I was uh, reading stuff a bunch of uh, a bunch of stuff about monsters in the Philippines, just because they talk about them so uh, prevalently, w- just in passing, and so it was just kind of interesting. And I was trying to look up good stories from the Philippines because I've been asking people I know from there if they have any personal, whatever experiences and stuff. And um, there's this. Uh, I'm not going to go into the story because I don't know it well enough. But apparently, it's one of the most important or one of the the most popular exorcisms in in the philippines and it was just super it was super well known it was on the front page of of like six or seven countries a newspaper like it was on the u.s egypt uh, a bunch of european countries as well and uh apparently this girl what it looked like she got possessed but she had like bite marks on her like it looked like a vampire and so in philippine culture they have what's called an aswang and basically what it is is the uh, combination of like a vampire and like a ghost or a ghoul and th- they look normal during the day but at night is when they like prowl and attack and they're basically vampires but it was just like kind of weird that they have like that folklore and then they have this very prevalent like documented story of this girl who was like apparently possessed and stuff and it was wild that is wild so they thought it was an aswang yeah yeah that's what they were trying to say oh and they she said there was like two what was it like two entities that were like haunting her or trying to you know possess her or whatever one of them was bigger which they say was the aswang and then the other one was smaller which they tried to say is like a capri which is like a basically like a little like evil dwarf type kind of thing and so it was like it was was crazy but it's funny i've heard different the version of the capri that i heard and you hear like at least in the Philippines, when they tell you about these monsters and their superstitions, like you hear different versions of the monster, what they look like, what they do. Um, so it could be a culmination of all of them, or they're all just liars. But the Capri that I heard is like this big man who's hairy and he sits in trees. I did hear the trees. Yeah, and he smokes the cigar. And if you smell the smoke from his cigar, uh, you're cure, cured of like any illness that you might have. So but, that, that's like you'd want to seek this dude out. But this dude also steals children. So it's a hairy man who steals kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like an American. <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, that was just a ex, ex- marine. Yeah, yeah. That was trying Bill, to trying to Bill pick Smith. up. Dude, that's weird. One of my favorite books growing up. Actually, probably my favorite book shout out all the moms. I asked my mom to find it and see if we had it still. And she did. And it's called Wiley and the Hairy Man. And it's an American folklore tale. And it's about the South 
in the in the swamp people in the swamp know about the hairy man and he hides in the swamp and every once in a while he'll come out and he'll come to your house he has a big bag and he'll take your kids and he can shapeshift oh so he's like half fat hairy man and his legs are goat legs that's the goat man and then when everyone comes into the swamp and he finds them he's like this is my swamp. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew uh-huh. you were going to say that. Also, correction. The little monster I was trying to say was not a Capri. You're right. Capri is the guy with the cigar and stuff. It's a duende is what like Oh, the, duende. Yeah, the little ghoul. Which is basically like, like a, almost like a yeah dwarf. Wasn't there mm. another one called, was it uh, Walk Walk? Yeah, all the kids called me Walk Walk, and I'm not even joking. They'll like, <laughs> just walk on the street, and sometimes they'd say, ah, Walk Walk? Walk Walk, which is just this. I've heard different versions. It's like half chicken, half lady, <laughs> it's, it's or a- or big. <laughs> that makes sense. Big monster. I'll take. I'll take the latter. What's the German? What's the German folklore of the witch who has like the house with the chicken legs? Uh, La Llorona. That sounds very Spanish. Um, <laughs> ah, what, it's also a movie that premiered last week. Uh, what you got there, though? Okay, so uh, she, so my mom found the book, and I went to see her for Mother's Day, and she gave it back to me, and it's still just as good. But that's the hairy man, and this is what I would go to sleep to every single night. But he's magic, and he can shapeshift, and he comes into your home and takes you as a kid and puts you in a bag and takes you away from your parents. And so this, it's the whole story is about this mom. She has to hide her son from the hairy man like eight times. And I think if you can trick him enough times, he can't come back. He just he just gets lazy. I think it's more he's like sealed by magic. Oh, that's cooler. Um, that's wild. How old were you going trying to go to sleep after this? Because I'm 29 and I don't think I could go to sleep after looking at that. But like that's and that's him shape shifting. Oh, oh did he go from a giraffe to an alligator? I think yes. If you see a giraffe in the a- swamp, though, you <laughs> got other problems. Like yeah so creepy the photos so i'll put that on the instagram just a little bit but like look oh at that oh my gosh anyway get in my that's boy. wild get in my bag yep. wiley one more superstition uh, uh actually two more from hawaii uh one is the famous Pali highway and i've talked about this in a previous episode the Pali cliff where they had a war and they pushed the army over the cliff you were not supposed to take pork in your car when driving over the highway that's interesting yeah so like eat like regardless raw li- any any type of pork yeah any type of pork that's wild yeah um that's one two salt wards away evil spirits mm. so i remember my great-grandmother and we called her tutu growing up tutu would get a hawaiian salt mm. and put them on the windowsill every windowsill in the house so growing up, there was just salt, like a line of salt at mm-hmm. the windowsill mm-hmm. to keep all the uh, evil spirits away. Dude, salt's in a lot of different yeah, cultures. Because yeah. in Macumba, which is black magic from Brazil, they do a lot of shit with salt. And when I used to work in a Brazilian restaurant in California, uh, before we opened every day, the hell a Brazilian grill chef, she'd take salt and she'd say prayers and throw it into the fire. Mm-hmm. And someone, another Brazilian whispered to me, she's like, that's Macumba. Or that's wild. Black magic. I, I wonder if it has anything to do with, you know, salt was valuable 
back in the day. There was wars fought over, over salt. salt. Yeah. And they used yeah. it to preserve food. Before so, fridges. Yeah. I wonder if like there was a connection with like preserving preserving life, life and mm-hmm. keeping, you know, your circle safe from any impurities. Uh, another thing similar to salt in Hawaiian culture was the tea leaf. So we had like tea leaf plants all over our house growing up and that would keep evil spirits away too. So interesting. Cause those are both of those things are and I feel like in any, every culture salt is something that you use mm-hmm. to ward away evil and tea leaves are something that, you know, with gypsies and different like uh, witchcraft voodoo type healing stuff. medicinal properties. Yeah. yeah and like. seeing and seeing beyond, you know, this realm or whatever. So the crossover is crazy. Like in cultures. Yeah. 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 Because when they would bless, like whether it was like a house or any type of site, uh, part of uh, the blessing in Hawaiian culture was um, a koa bowl. Koa is like a really rare Hawaiian wood. And they'd have, uh, I don't know if it was salt water, but they'd have water in the koa bowl. And then they would dip the tea leaves in the bowl of water and then like sprinkle the ground mm. and say a prayer and whatnot. But it'd be wild if there was like legitimate like what if that like warded away like mosquitoes but like no one really knew they just which like brought the plague which could have been yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like if there was like a scientific or like logical (laughs) explanation like if there was like a legitimate benefit to Mm. doing that that they just didn't realize that and it was just passed down from like forever yeah it's like why do you do that and some uncle's like evil spirit and then it sticks Mm -hmm. (laughs) like imagine if we like gave ancient like in like the dark ages like if we gave them off spray yeah and they just like treated this concoction as like it's a potion god yeah it's a potion it's god given it's (laughs) when you were talking about the the cemetery in tonga yeah i lived with a tongan dude for a while and we were walking in australia Mm. and we passed this uh crazy old cemetery And the headstones were like weathered. It was wild. It looked really cool. So I took out my camera and I was going to go take a photo. And I just felt this huge hand on my shoulder. And I like turned around. He's just standing there all solemn face. And he's like, back in Donga, we do not do that. And he just shook his head. And I was like, okay, I won't do that. (laughs) Just listen and like you respect it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. But I was like, that's true. Like, and, and in my intention, I wasn't trying to like defile anything, but there's something to be said about respecting other people's reverence. Yeah. Towards mm-hmm. other people's stuff. So I think it's funny though, because personally for me, I don't feel like photos are something that is irreverent. There's but another superstition though. Like native American, a certain tribe believe when your photo is taken, a part of your soul is taken. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah, that's so interesting. And that's crazy too. Cause that's so, that's so recent. Like mm-hmm. we've only had photography in for, in the last 150 years. Dude, imagine if that's true. That actually, it would explain a lot of Instagram influencers, you know what I'm Damn. saying? Dude, they have no soul. All these soul- soulless selfie bitches, you know what and I mean? And they're not even redheads, but... <laughs> Sean has the most followers on Instagram. Oh, fuck. But ginger, I'm just saying. Dude, you know um, what time it is? Is it 3 a.m.? No, it's time to roll. <laughs> hey, boy. <laughs> Second segment of our show, when we roll our 20-sided die, highest number goes first in telling their story. Everybody up? Yes, sir. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy 
in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am. And you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. I don't have a die right now, though, so I, I don't can I use someone else's? Oh, so you're not about this. <laughs> okay, I'll go find mine then. <laughs> Sorry, mine's already packed. Okay, it's highest. All right. Goes yep. last? First. First. Lo- oh, that's right. Okay. It's a privilege, boy. That's right. Three, two, one. That is a heavy one. So Kevin just got 16. Jordan got 10. 15. That was DJ. And Sean got... Lucky number 13. Ooh, and I got nine. So, Kevin first. Almost the order that we're sitting in. But yeah, Kevin, go ahead. Do you guys want to switch seats? Yeah. Hello. (laughs) What's good? Everything. Tell us what you got. What story you got. Um, well, this time, I was going to tell an experience that I had when I was living in Austin. I live. I was doing summer sales. I know everybody hates those guys. <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> so for those who don't know, summer sales is a huge thing in Utah. It's like everyone leaves in the summer and goes and sells just a product. So it's like solar or I was doing pest bug control spray. Yeah, bug yeah. pest control alarm systems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was one of those guys that did it multiple years. I did two years of alarms and then one of pest control. But when I was doing pest control, I was living in Austin, which is the only redeemable part of Texas. Sorry, Texas. We're just going to lose all of our Texas followers now. Thanks, Kev. I'm from El Paso. Nobody in Texas claims me anyway. So, And yeah, being from El Paso, you're probably from the lowest of the low. So you have claim to insulting everyone else. You're from shithole is what he said. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Austin's really cool. It's beautiful. I really like like it there they're very park friendly there hmm? park friendly yeah there's just a lot of parks everywhere oh okay which is cool like for real in the middle of like downtown austin there's this giant 
park, almost like Central Park for New York City, but it's in the middle of downtown Austin, and it follows this river, and you can't even tell you're in a city because you literally feel like you're like out in the woods. It's pretty cool. So I was living with five people in my apartment, and it was a two-bedroom apartment, and so the master bedroom had three guys in it, and I was in there with two other guys. One of my roommates went on a date that night, and we were really good friends. I was trying to wait up for him because he was super excited to go on this date, and I wanted to talk to him afterwards. But I was getting tired, and I had an early day the next day, so I went to bed. And I woke up probably about an hour later to feeling like somebody was sitting on my bed. I kind of like roll over a bit. Like my back was facing, I was facing the wall and my back was facing the rest of the room. And so when he sat on my bed, I leaned a little bit and I went to like pat him on the back and like be like, hey, how's your date? But my arm just like went through. So I thought he was messing with me and like leaned forward. And I was like, whatever, I'm too tired. I'm not dealing with this. And then he got up. So then I rolled back up and I was like, okay, like he's going off to bed. But then he sat on my bed again, closer to me. And so I rolled even more. I went to pat him on the back again, and my arm just went through. And so I I was like, what is he doing? So I turn over to look, and there's nobody there. And as I turn over, I get pulled off of my bed. And I'm on the floor, and I'm sprawled out, and I can't really move. And my bed is in the corner. It's up against two walls. So I, I roll off. I'm sprawled there. I can't move. And then all of a sudden I start getting pulled under my bed. And so I push one of my feet up against the wall and I'm pushing against it. All of a sudden I can see in my room, just it's full of all of these like black figures. And there's a couple on me holding me down still that I can't, I can't move from underneath my bed. It was just like pitch black. And that was where I was like pulling and I just, I had one of my legs under there and there's like a bunch of pressure on it and I was pushing against the wall and I was trying to like army crawl out, but I couldn't move very well. My, one of my roommates was in a, was just on a mattress and he was at the foot of my bed and I was, all I knew was like, if I could wake him up, then I'll be good. And so I'm trying to make my way out and I get my arm extended and I'm like, inches away from his bed and I'm trying with like all of my might to get his attention and I can't make any noise I for whatever reason I don't know if it was like fear or what I'm not able to make any noise and I finally army crawl enough and every each time I make any amount of like progress another one of the like dark figures jumps on top of me and is like trying to hold me down make it to where I can't move my arms and stuff and in my head this whole time just thinking like first off I'm praying and then secondly I'm trying to like get my friend's attention I finally get to where one fingertip touches the bed and I lift my hand up and I smack down and luckily this fool is a light sleeper because it woke him up and he turns around and looks at me and jumps back because I'm just sprawled out on the ground with like one of my legs under my bed and he's like are you okay and as soon as he did that everything left and i was all i think so (laughs) and then then my roommate got back from his date and it was a really good date and they went (laughs) they like started dating for a long time but uh 
Yeah, that was insane. That was one of the most physical experiences I've had where, like, something's trying to... And I I, I always think, because it's so surreal, I'm like, did I dream it? Like, was it, like, some weird state of, like, sleepwalking? But I don't know. Or maybe, was, like, astral planing. No, well, well, except his, it was my physical body, body on the yeah. ground. Like, he didn't leave his body because his body yeah. was there. At the very least, that's the most intense, like, sleep paralysis you could ever... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you're seeing multiple figures and they're jumping on you. Except I was moving, so it's not really paralysis. I don't know. I have no idea. The room was full. Full of people. And it wasn't the first time. Like, I told last time I was on the podcast, I'd wake up all the time and, like, see people in my room or, like hear people walking around my room <clears throat> this time though i'd never seen th- well actually one other time i'd seen probably that many in my room but this it was just like jam-packed full and the only light in my room was coming from my open door and the living room light was on but so i couldn't see details but it was just a bunch of like silhouettes of these black beings in my room and then just like jumping on me and just like the feeling was just like such malice and i don't understand like why under my bed that sounds so dumb and cliche like i don't know the kid scared of like the monster under the bed or like getting pulled under the bed you maybe know there, maybe there's something to it i don't know it was just terrifying you know like growing up i know that you don't have this problem kevin but most people do when you're sleeping most people hate when their feet are hanging out of like the sheet or blanket. And now you just gave like everyone a reason to really have that fear. Why don't I have that problem? You and the rats have told that. Those little color your feet. If you remember, my first movies I ever remember watching was It and Puppet Master. Well, I also watched Pet Cemetery at a very young age. And the original one, not this lame new one. And the grandpa puts his feet over the bed, getting out of the bed, and his Achilles tendon gets slit mm-hmm. by the kid underneath it. So I'm like, I never like get right out of bed. I was like, step away from the bed or like run and jump into the bed. <laughs> Legit, I think in Las Vegas, a kid got arrested for actually, I think a group of people were hiding under cars and cutting ankles. Okay, they were doing that in Houston as well, in East Texas with the hurricanes. They would hide under people's cars, cut their Achilles tendons, and then carjack them. Dude, take my effing car. (laughs) Don't cut my Achilles tendon. Have my car. Okay, if you ever are under my car and you have a blade and you said, I would have cut your Achilles tendon, I will freely just give you my keys. (laughs) You won. Keys and my... 1250 Venmo credit that I have. Like, like, that's everything. That's everything. I promise. Whenever I'm getting out of a car at night or out of my bed, sometimes I take a little bit longer of a leap to keep my Achilles safe. Yeah. Walking up to my car, I just do jumping jacks while I'm unlocking it. I'm like, I'm trying to get this key in the High door. Knees. I'm like, Come on. <laughs> Uh, that story, uh, I, I just recently stopped sleeping with a light on, so I'm going to have to turn <laughs> that back on tonight. So thank well, you. I mean, we had a light, so it doesn't really do anything. Sorry. Uh, now I'm just not going to sleep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would, if that happened to me, that would probably be the scariest thing in the world. Getting drug out of your bed 
and pulled somewhere mm-hmm. and not being able to fight it hell no yeah. that's my thing with like that's almost why i would rather have like a serial killer rather than a ghost because you're not playing on the same rules it's like a spirit you know if they pick you up it's like okay how do how do you fight anti-gravity you know what i mean or how do you fight demons possessing you so i don't know that uh reminds me of i talked about night marchers in a previous episode so they usually travel on a specific path and there's like a pattern to it and some of these paths have homes on it and they've been known to go through the homes and the sleeping children they don't hurt them fortunately but they carry the children with them hell no so there's been accounts of you know missing children and then they come back in the morning because they woke up in, in like the forest they walk back home dude that 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 would suck if you built your damn home and you find out it's on this spirit highway and you're like good gravy gravy you, you know gotta what I mean? pee yourself every three nights you know <laughs> why pee yourself oh so night marchers just a quick recap they are the spirits of royalty in old hawaii so like the kings oh, and queens gotcha. and okay, yeah when they would travel throughout the island they would march and you're supposed to if you come in contact with them to show that they're higher than you and you're lower than them strip yourself naked pee yourself bow down on the ground don't look them in the eye and then they I let you go on them You'd be dead. <laughs> no wonder you're getting pulled off your bed at night. <laughs> I had uh, a couple friends who were practicing lucid dreaming or trying to learn how to lucid dream. Lucid's the one where you can like control your dream, right? Yeah, I, I would like to learn that too. Like Shout out to anyone who knows. Thank you. Yeah, like you're conscious of what's going on, and you know, what they would do is they weren't living in the same city, uh, so they would try to. They would try to like meet up in their dreams and like hang out in their in their dreams. Yeah, so they would try to uh, meet up with each other in the dreams and hang out. It got to the point where slowly, as they started learning how to control their dreams more and more, they started off with keeping a dream journal, which you might have heard of. You know, you wake up and write down immediately, you know, every single possible detail that you can remember. But they would just write that down. And that's one of the processes of learning how to lucid dream. But it got to the point where slowly there was an unfamiliar character in their dream. And it was this dark, like, imp-like figure. One night it just appeared, but off in the distance. Not really doing anything, not interacting with them. In their dream? Yeah, in their dream. It's just kind of like tail behind them, but at a distance. And then every night, distance closed. And this little imp-like creature get closer and closer and it got to the point where it was right in front of them and they described this face that looked like a demon that's all they described it as and then in the dream it started to attack them instead of meeting up with each other or doing whatever they wanted to do they would spend the rest of their dream fighting this demon And this happened every night and the fights got crazier and crazier. They would, (laughs) the way he described it to me, it sounded like Avatar, the last airbender. Like they would like build walls and cages and try to like keep this demon tamed and away. But it would just like, they build like a cage and it would just like apparate right through the cage. 
or they'd like shoot fire at it and it wouldn't affect it or anything but uh yeah it was like terrorizing them and they would wake up just exhausted the next next day and it wasn't good for them but uh yeah i think dream state is like we don't know but i wouldn't be surprised if it's connected to like some spiritual plane Hmm. at some point i think it's native americans who believe dream world is the real world and this is dreaming Hmm. and in australia the aboriginals when they talk about heaven or anything spiritual it's dreamland or dream time dream time i need to look that up but yeah it's big if you're interested in lucid dreaming right before my mission i bought manuals on how to do it i was super into astral planning and lucid dreaming and i didn't think about the negative repercussions at all and they're very 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 similar what are the negative repercussions um to which one lucid dreaming uh the only thought my only thought in lucid dreaming with like having negative repercussions is it's so much like astral planning that you know like you might end up leaving your body it's like the same process like there's tricks so if you're interested in lucid dreaming what you can do there's tricks is before you go to sleep or as you're falling asleep you imagine yourself walking up or downstairs step by step and you just imagine that and eventually that's the easiest way it's the least effective and that takes long time like hours but the idea is if you're able to get to the point where you can do it right your body will shut down and they call it a shuddering. So you like shudder and your body shuts down, but your mind's still awake and you're walking down these stairs and then you're in dreamland and then you can do whatever you want. There's other tricks like in the real world, every time you walk into a room, feel for the light switch. And if you do that enough, you become enough of a habit. You'll one time in your dream, you might do it. You won't feel it and it will trigger like anything to pull you out or make you realize it's a dream. All of a sudden you'll have control. And, and then like, there's a lot of breathing techniques and things like that. But astral planning is super similar is like, if you can clear your mind and get into a state where you're like, just focusing on something, you get to that uh, point where you can leave. Well, I used to lucid dream all the time. I can still do it. I can still lucid dream every once in a while now, but when I was younger, I used to do it all the time and i remember telling my oldest sister that all the time i was like oh yeah i knew i was dreaming so i decided i wanted to fly and like you know stuff like that and she's all oh that's cool and like but nobody ever told me there was a name for it until i was talking to you that time (laughs) you're like oh yeah lucid dreaming and when we were talking when we first met and you asked me what scariest thing we got off onto dreams and all that but i feel like i've only astroplaned once when i was meditating with my oldest sister and i felt like myself float up and i was looking down at myself and then it freaked me out and then i like hit the ground with my hands in my body to make sure i was like still on the ground and then i like snapped out of it and it was crazy but i told my oldest sister and she's all like you did it and i was all i don't want i don't want to do that that was scary yeah it freaked the crap out of me and so i've never done it since that's wild. It makes sense that there's like negative ramifications with it all. Cause like when we, we recently just watched the matrix. And so like when I think about a dream, if you're regularly dreaming, you're just dreaming, right? Like you're not disrupting anything. You're not showing anything that you know what's going on. But when you're lucid dreaming, it's like, Hey, like I'm in control now. 
And now it's like, I think other things can sense that and that maybe they're drawn to that, you know, mm-hmm. just like inception, like the subconscious where they all just start slowly looking at you. Yeah. Like the universe or the system takes note to like you being different and yeah, you could become a target going against the grain. So be like everyone else is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stand out. Conform to society <laughs> above the crowd. Let the man show you the way. But straight up, if you do, if you are interested in that, uh, my honestly, my word of advice is just be careful because, yeah, because I, you know, I've had things happen and I've seen things and I've talked to enough people where like, I feel like if you don't respect things like that, you, bad things can happen. I have, I have two stories. First story takes place, bo- both of them are on Oahu. Uh, but this first one is on the southern part of Oahu at an old drive-in theater. This is a famous story. It was in the papers. And so it's real. It's real. Documented. Because <laughs> the media told us. Did you say when this happened? Sorry. This is like, I want to say in like the 70s, oh, 80s. The, the 70s are creepy to me anyways. And it, like, I mean, it's driving, like the drive-in theater doesn't exist anymore. They closed down when I was a kid. Hmm. So... Yeah, this was definitely 70s, 80s. Um, I'd have to double check, though. Anyway, in the women's bathroom, a woman walks in. And when she walks in, she sees this lady at the sink. And she's um, just, like, fixing her hair, combing her hair, whatever. She uses the bathroom. She finishes. And she's waiting to use the sink. There's only one. And the woman's still there, and she's combing her hair really long red hair and she's like why is this woman taking so long like i already used the bathroom and she's still here she knows i'm waiting and yeah red flags (laughs) so this woman uh she like taps her on the shoulder and she's like excuse me oh gosh and the woman's still combing her hair and doesn't really pay attention and lady's like that's weird (laughs) so she like taps her she's like excuse me can i wash my hands and still she just combs her hair so she kind of like goes to her side she can't really see her because a woman like it's creepy because she's really close to the mirror and she can't like she only sees like the back of her head so she like goes she like moves to the side and she looks at the woman and the woman i guess notices her like right next to her side she stops combing her hair she turns her head and she looks and the woman has no eyes no nose no mouth this is known as the faceless lady of Wildline Drive-In. What do you mean? No eyes, no nose, no ma- like. There's gaping holes. Nothing. Like it's a skull with a hole in it. No, or like just, flat, like Slenderman. It's yeah, like it's just skin. Like, yeah, just skin. Oh no. Yeah. Mm. And Bro, she, why is she using the mirror then? I don't know. <laughs> Go to the drive-in and ask her yourself, dude. So she's known as what? The faceless woman of Wildline Drive-In. So the town it was in is. Uh, like, well, there's a, sh- uh, a, f- a big street called the Wiley Avenue. The drive-in was right off of that street. There were like multiple accounts of people seeing this woman 
in this bathroom. And it was a famous story back in the day. Like it got in the paper. Yeah. Did anything like ever happen or they would just see her? They would just see her. Uh, There was uh, another account was um, a woman got into the bathroom and she sees this girl inside the bathroom uh, just standing there with her back turned towards her. And as she was walking into like deeper into the bathroom, like the girl started turning not towards her but keeping her back towards towards her and she's like this is weird this is creepy and she's just like fixing herself or makeup whatever in the mirror and she notices when she's looking in the mirror she can see the girl behind her and it's just like the top half of her body and then she freezes and in this account the girl turns around the top half of her body turns around and she notices she has no face zero features just skin but so, is there any folklore behind, like, maybe who that is or why why that is? I've tried looking into it. I've read books that have these accounts. Um, I remember my mom and my aunt Tal- talk, talking, talking to me about it. And when they were in high school, they were like, yeah, everybody knew about that. Oh, you know? That's wild. Yeah. It makes me think of, like, if fo- folklore, at least in the... In some parts of the states, I know, like you have Bloody Mary, right? Where you like say Bloody Mary like five times in a row. Have you guys ever bathroom. done that? Yes. I have not because I do not want to get haunted. Dude, we used to do that in my elementary school in the bathroom. You could shut the door and it was completely black. And we I, did the same thing. They did at my elementary school in Stockton. Like Kevin, I had hella Mexicans in my, and them mofos is suspicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> Super suspicious. Yeah. I ain't trying to mess with that. But they were like, hey, like, let's go do the bloody Maria. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, let's go do Bloody Mary. And I was like, down. And so we do that shit. And I never saw anything, but it, it's just so creepy. Staring at yourself in a, dar- in a dark mirror and saying something, thinking something's going to come is unsettling. Bit, like even as an adult, but then as a child, it's just like magnified tenfold. It's almost scarier for me as an adult because it's like as a kid, you're like, oh, d- adults can protect me. But as an adult, you're like, oh, no one can protect me. <laughs> it's just me. When you were telling that story, it made me think about my elementary school, John Muir in Stockton, because that's when I first learned about Bloody Mary. And oh. so like, I went immediately to the specific bathroom. Like, I remember kids telling me about it. And so it's like funny that you guys are also oh, it's so wild. I remember walking to the bathroom. I, I was like in first or second grade. And there were kids hiding in the bathroom, like behind the door. And so I walk in and then they shut the door and then they turn off the light and they're like, do it do bloody mary and i <laughs> they bait you yeah so it's like I, a prison i walk i remember walking to the front of the mirror were they just, mexican uh i'm just kidding he's in all, all, all little hawaiian kids They're filipino, so all the yes all the same honestly just kidding sorry jk shout out filipinos i love you yeah all second class don't worry. Oh, gosh. oh gosh uh just getting one world one love <laughs> i remember uh standing in front of the mirror and then I turned around to not do it. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, okay. And then they opened the door. <laughs> I wish turned the light on. I wish I could go back to those experiences as a kid and just like know what it was and then troll them back and just be like <gasps> Just like fall on the ground, like start shaking. I will murder all of you. May Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I could see bloody Mary. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
uh, that was the faceless woman. Uh, second story. <laughs> what? No, I was just I loved that segue. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting. I was expecting someone else. Second story. Uh, last year, um, for you listeners out there, uh, a bunch of people in our friend group uh, came and visited Hawaii with me. Stayed at my house beach hike eat every day literally lived fly for the first time <laughs> in my life it was great dude y'all, if you haven't been in hawaii y'all don't know what the hell you missing out boy they, they're doing life right over there do you remember the night before we went on our shark diving tour we went to the mall to that surf shop oh yeah to get rash guards anyway that mall it's about five minutes from my house it's known as windward mall and that mall is known to be haunted and there's an actual graveyard on the mall grounds what and before the mall was built it was all a graveyard (laughs) oh okay so they built the mall over the graveyard i think they took out as many bodies as they could have hawaiians never seen a scary movie (laughs) (laughs) also why did you not tell us this when we were there honestly i remembered the story that i'm about to tell like i haven't thought about this story since i was like a teenager like it's been so long oh that's exciting i don't know what about it like made me think of Jog it again recovered memories yeah Those are the so best. like the got, souls that are uh not resting <laughs> underneath that mall right now yeah like right before we started recording i walked into the door and it like clicked in my mind like you and just remember and this. i was like oh damn i was like <laughs> it's perfect like it's meant to be so um yeah the mall is built over the graveyard and from what I know, they tried to, you know, relocate as much of the bodies as they could. That's what they tell us. That's what they, they tell us. Shite. But <laughs> you've done construction in Hawaii. How responsible are they? <laughs> like, oh, it's so late. You get all the bodies. <laughs> I got free. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I got. I got like free teen. That's thirteen. Um, I had an uncle who worked at a security guard and did night shifts at the mall. He has two accounts of seeing someone who shouldn't have been there. Mm. So there's two, not more than three security guards just walking around the mall at night. He's one of them. They have their walkie talkies there. They know where they're all at. And the first time this happens to him, he sees somebody standing like at the end of a walkway on the second floor. He's like, excuse me, like the mall's closed. You're not supposed to be here. The guy doesn't move. He's just standing there. So he starts walking up to him. He's about 50 feet away or so. As he gets closer, the man all of a sudden just walks off around the corner. So he picks up his pace. He's like, excuse me. And he turns a corner, and the man's not there anymore. So, uh, my uncle gets on his walkie-talkie, and he's, like, checking in with all the other security guards. He's like, yo, I know you're right here. (laughs) And they ping back. They're like, what are you talking about? He's all, funny joke, Polynesian blart. (laughs) Mall cop. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, his buddies reply, like, what are you talking about? And they, they show that they're like on the first floor, like across from where he's at. 
Um, and they come out to like the middle clearing of the mall. And he's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> so turn in the, uh, turn in them two weeks. Nothing else happened for a while. And I think it was a few weeks, maybe a month later where he sees the same person in a different part of the mall, um, close to, uh, we had a Sears at the mall, RIP. Um, <laughs> and there were three, uh, the mall was kind of like a triangle and on each corner of the mall, there was like a big outlet store. Like one end was Macy's, one was JC Penney's, one was Sears. So this was like in the nineties. I was like a kid mm. when he told me this story. So they're like close to the Sears end and he sees this person standing there again. And he's like, Oh shoot. And he's like, this time he's like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> sir. Um, he, before he approaches him, he calls one of his friends. <laughs> yeah. Back up. And his friend comes over and he's just standing there watching this guy. This guy's not facing them. He's like facing away. So they just see his back. The friend comes and they start approaching the man together. The man starts walking slowly away from them. As they get closer, he starts picking up his pace. He just starts running. They're chasing him at this point. And these big stores, Sears, uh, and you've probably seen them in malls. When they close down, they have like the big glass sliding doors. Yeah. The man is running towards Sears. Like full clip. Yeah, full clip. Towards this glass wall. Towards this glass wall. And. Like the homie from Get Out. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, The caretaker. But they're running towards this man. And they watch as this man just goes right through the glass and into Sears. Like breaks through or just like goes through it? Just goes through it. Dude. Like apparates. How fast are you just screeching to a, halt, a terrified halt? And they, I'm quick. I'd be, I'd be stopped immediately. Yeah. <laughs> they stop and they turn around and just let it go. They don't do anything after that, but. Hell no. Backpedal away. Yeah. Imagine chasing someone and they run through something and disappear. Like Will Smith. When he's like chasing the alien in the beginning, and the dude like jumps up and he's like, "How the hell did he get up?" <laughs> or Will or Will Smith when he's driving and then he sees the the mannequin on the other side uh, of the road. What are you doing here, Frank? Yeah, he's like, Frank, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> we bring up Men in Black almost every episode. Do we really? That's yes. hilarious. Really? Yes. That one was I'm Legend. Well, oh yeah, the yeah, I was like the one he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And then earlier we're like sugar. Dude, it's either a Hawaiian spirit or like Chris Angel teleporting through windows. Sears 95. Dude's like, they gotta buy one, get one, sell in Sears. On your uncle. I can get two dishwashers for the price of one. Did he tell you that? That story? Yeah. When you were a kid? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. that's unsettling just simple things like that are sometimes the scariest to me when it's over the top i'm like man but just like okay i came tonight with one of my favorite scary stories ever and i'm gonna share it next time oh what <laughs> that's hilarious I but like this that. time 
when you told your story about the faceless woman, jogged a memory. So I just, <clears throat> I just had the pleasure, displeasure of visiting Visalia for Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where my mom still is. So I went there um, and I hung out with my mom all weekend. We, we love you, moms. Shout out over there. Everywhere. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah, yeah. But while I was home, I was just uh, like, people were like, hey, I saw you started a podcast. And I was like, yeah, like, give it a listen if you want, whatever. But then this, the, the discussion of scary stories came up. And I was with some people who I was friends with in high school. And I was, and we were talking. And one of them was like, do you remember that scary story that happened to Dana's brother? And I was like, which one? And then she told me this story. And it's... You forgot about it, huh? Completely. Completely forgot about it. But as you're talking about the faceless woman of wherever, Lake Titicaca, <laughs> Lake Wahine or something, um, I was like, damn. It, it, okay. Um, it starts out super late at night, probably past 2 a.m. Him and a buddy decide to go eat. And where all homeless vagrants go eat at night is Denny's. A lot of us end up there actually i have another story about that denny's same denny's is it the one off acres yes dude boy. that one always there's so many stories about that denny's dude from i've seen wild shit happen there but yeah so he went to that denny's you know that one on acres and like noble and there it's like two it's it's honestly could be like past three almost four o'clock they go and they sit down there's probably like one other person in the in the in the restaurant and they start to eat and all of a sudden, so they're sitting in a booth facing each other. And my, f- my friend's brother sat with his back facing the door. And the First guy, mistake. eventually the guy eating, the one other person in the restaurant gets up and leaves. So it's just them and the staff. And the waitresses are like over by the register hanging out. And then they hear the door open. And a guy walks up and passes my friend's back so he can't see him. But he's looking at his buddy who's facing the door and his buddy just like glances up to look at who's passing and all of a sudden his eyes shoot back to my friend and his face is white and his eyes are wide and the guy walks past them and sits in the booth directly behind (laughs) my friend's older brother's friend. Weird flex. So like directly behind him and uh, my friend's brother, I'm going to call him Kyle. He, he whispers, what, like, you good? Because his friend's face drained of blood. And his friend just quietly sh- shaking his head. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Not saying anything. And so he's sitting there and his, he, he's all perked. Immediately the chemistry in, in all of Denny's is like different. Something's wrong. And he's looking around and he looks over near the register. All the nurses, or all the nurses. He looks near the register. All the servers are gone. All the waitresses went to the back where he could like hear the chefs before and stuff in the back. They're all silent. And he's like, what is happening? Finally, after like two minutes, the guy's sitting there in the back, a waitress walks out, walks down the aisle, sets down a pot of or a pot and a cup of coffee and walks way back in there. And so he's like, dude, what's seriously, what's, what's going on? He asked his friend and his friend's like, no. Then the guy gets up, the guy behind him, they can just hear <laughs> sipping their coffee. And his friend just like won't talk at all. He's terrified. So what he does is Kyle leans over and he's trying to look around his friend's head to see like what the hell's up with this guy. And he sees like long, greasy, matted black hair. 
and it's like it's covering a lot of his face like it's shrouding his face like you could think of like snape for like a visual reference so eventually the guy like finishes his coffee and he stands up to go to the bathroom and kyle's like all right dude let's find out what the f is going on so he he, he's like i'm just gonna look real quick looks up at him and the dude's face he said was the scariest thing he's ever seen at first he thought the dude was wearing a mask he said he couldn't see eyeballs it was dark holes where his eyes was and his face looked like it was barely hanging on to like the bone it was just drooping like he straight up he was like i thought it was a halloween mask and the guy passed me so the guy stood up walked past him and he goes the guy goes to the bathroom to use the bathroom at and, this point have both both of them have seen him now his yeah, face yeah so the guy walks past Kyle Kyle sees his face and the guy goes to the bathroom and Kyle's like what the hell was that and leans into his friend he's like what the hell was that and his friend's like i don't know dude i think he's wearing a mask that's the scariest thing i've ever seen in my life and while the guys in the bathroom the waitress comes and drops their check and says like i'm so sorry guys about that like this guy only comes in once a month and none of us, he gives all of us a bad vibe. None of us want to serve him. All he wants is coffee, sometimes eggs and like food, but he, we just leave him alone. And so like, so that wasn't a mask. And they're like, no, that's his face. So then Kyle and his friend pay the bill. They're like, dude, let's get the F out of here. So they go and they get in their car and as they're driving away, they look over into the window. The guy has come back and sat in his booth and he's staring out the window. And so they pull away in the, in the parking lot. And as they're pulling away, the guy just with staring at them the whole time they go by and just follows them out. And that's when Kyle is like, dude, F this dude, like he's he's mean mugging us. And so they came back at the same time, like four times a week for like two months to see this guy again never saw him again and they talked to like the waitresses and they never saw him again gosh that's so creepy that reminds me a little bit of uh black eyed children mm. like they don't have eyes it's just like holes where yeah. their eyes should be and they follow people or they just kind of exist i feel like they connect to people who like give them give them like power if that makes sense like they that like gives them notice like if they keep seeing them and it keeps affecting them at least the things that like i like the stories of them that i've heard it's like they'll they'll move somewhere and then they'll still see the kids like their the connections black grow guys. stronger yeah and i i heard going along with that that they won't harm you or bother you more if you just leave them alone but the second you acknowledge their presence if you speak say something to them like who are you or even get away mm. then that gives them permission to start interacting oh they've been known to harm people after that but there's a ton of like folklore and urban legends where it's like if you react yeah that's like almost the permission that they need or there's like a lot of things you know what i mean yeah like the fly's grave i told last week it's like no matter what you hear, what you see, you cannot react. And you have to just keep walking forward. Like, I feel like depending on 
what or who it is. If your reaction is one of fear, I think that's the one that gives them permission. Mm. Um, if you're doing something out of the ordinary, like my, uh, I was talking about my tutu earlier, my great grandmother, uh, her husband, uh, everybody called him Papa Sixto, old Filipino man. He Sixto? Pa- yeah, Sixto was his name. Uh, Papa Sixto passed away when I was like two. So I don't remember him at all. Mm. But my grandma and my my mom and my aunt would tell me stories about him growing up. And one of the most common stories was they would be eating dinner. And then he would just continue the conversation with somebody who wasn't there. Not freak out, just be normal. Like he'd be like, what about you? How's your day? Call them by name. And then he'd go to the kitchen, make a plate, put it at a chair that was empty, just talk to them. So he could see? I don't know if he could see them, but he definitely recognized their presence. And he would like, just treat everything normal. He wasn't afraid of them. But yeah, treat it like it was just normal. I wonder if they just like feed off of fear. And maybe it's not necessarily a permission thing. It's like a, ooh, this is, this is a good, this is a good opportunity thing. Maybe it's not like just fear, but any strong emotion. Mm. And I think fear is generally pretty strong. So maybe that one's just like the McDonald's of energy. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like a lot and fast. That makes sense. But like I could see them feeding off of anger or I don't know, all different types. Because my whole philosophy, if I ever experienced, like I had somebody um, try to scare me really bad one time, like 10 years ago, actually. But my whole reaction during it, because the person next to me thought it was real. And I was just like, I'm just pretending, I'm just going to keep pretending like I'm asleep. Like, I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Like, I just, that's like my default. Like, don't, just don't, uh, whatever. <laughs> it just takes away all power. Because from- if you like show it, show it, then it's like, if you, you keep recognizing it or going back to it, it, that gives it power. I, I, I imagine, you know what I mean? You're like, you're like, you're honestly like egging, almost like egging it on by like giving it too much attention. I feel you. Um, that's interesting because I was like, my story would have been better like three episodes ago until we started talking about this. And so this kind of connects my story. It's about an inanimate object. Um, yeah, it's about, it's like an inanimate object, but I think kind of what we've been talking about where we're giving it power by, um, acknowledging it. Right. And just like giving, almost giving it permission. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's about two brothers in the Philippines and, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Philippines, like 90, 95% of the population is very like Catholic. And so you see a lot of, um, and anyone who's in any type of Catholic culture, they, they have a lot of statues, a lot of paintings that are very expressive, very intense about like the crucifixion. Right. And, um, honestly, some of the scariest things I've ever seen are like in a Catholic church. So <laughs> if, if we're going to be honest, but, um, but yeah, so these two brothers that lived in the Philippines, uh, northern part of the Philippines, um, just south of Manila, their grandmother gave them a Santa Nino, uh, a little statue for their, for Christmas. What's that? It's uh, like baby Jesus. Okay. And Santa Nino is very important. To little Phil- saint? Yeah. 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 Um, it's very important, especially to the Philippines. Like they have a huge festival called Sinulog. They have, it's like kind of like the all encompassing saint, which makes sense because it's baby Jesus. But I think different cultures have different saints that kind of drive them a bit more, you know, Mm. 
but yeah, so Santa Nino, it's ward off spirits. You know, it's just very super, you, you want to be safe or whatever it is. And so the kid says he was, he was like um, eight or nine and his brother was just like low teens. So the brother, um, the older brother is going out of town for like a week. And so he leaves for a week and the younger brother, this is like his first time ever that he like gets, a, you know, his room alone. Dude, he gets, yeah. You know, he's like, how, you know, like, especially being little and I'm the man now. Yeah, I'm ha- the big brother. Having your own room and, you know, especially having like that freedom at night to like, oh, I can do whatever I want for a couple hours. You know, I have my brother here or whatever. That sounded shady, but I meant like watch whatever I want to watch. Get your Uten out, you know? <laughs> um, so the brother leaves for a week. Um, he said that, that he kept his room very tidy. And so pretty clean room or whatever. He goes, we just didn't dust the desk a lot. And so he's like, I, he's like, I think dusting was kind of the way he was explaining dusting. I was like, oh, yeah, I agree. It's dusting's pointless. And so Santanito's sitting there on their dresser, just like right in the middle of their two beds. And he says the first night his brother is gone, he wakes up in the middle of the night and says that he looks over at the Santa Nino uh, statue. It's like, you know, two feet high and it's facing him. And so he's like, he kind of is like, that's weird. And, you know, it's just, kinda, it, but, but it was like, it moved enough to where it caught his attention. And so he, you know, he noticed it. Like that's, that's not the same. Yeah. He's like that. Why is that facing me? Like they never touched it. They didn't, he goes, they weren't that devout either. So he never really prayed to it either or whatever. So, so he just, he was kind of, um, thrown off by it, but not that alarmed. Woke up the next morning, Santa Nino's in the, the same spot that it was for him, like that they had put it there originally. So it was facing straight, not his bed now. And so he's like, that's interesting. There's no movements on the, he's like, you can still see the dust on my desk. There's no slides. There's nothing. He goes, I swear it was turned towards me. Second night, right? Brother's still gone. Wakes up in the middle of the night. You know, some may say 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> but uh, wakes up in the middle of the night, statues facing him. Hell no. And he's like. So it moved again? Moved again. Wake up the next morning, facing straight. Happens for one more night. And then he's like, okay. I need to talk to my parents. So he goes and talks to his parents. Hey, this is going on. And, you know, parents trying to justify it. Trying to say, hey, you know, it's not a big deal. You're fine or whatever. It's okay. It's probably just a dream. Dude, night two, that thing would have gotten the drawer. I'd have been like, nope. And then he wakes up the fifth morning. And so, or the next morning, sorry. He wakes up the next morning. And um, similar thing happens, right? So the first time, three times in a row, it moved go back the right way the next morning he wakes up or next next in the middle night wakes up facing him he's like i'm like how did you get any sleep because this is like five days in a row of waking up in the middle of the night um but next morning (laughs) just stare at it just like (laughs) i I am i am all powerful now he watches it as it turns around (laughs) it runs away it like tilts tilts away (laughs) covers Uh, it like the russian balls speaking of scary like toys russian dolls would be terrifying to be haunted there's like 80 against one 80 against you instead of just one thing um so so fourth night same thing happens wakes up it's facing him and he's just like this is so weird and he's young you know like you're not like i don't feel like you automatically assume or most people automatically assume like sinister like involvement for me i'm like i go there pretty quickly i feel like but i don't know if everyone else does but then it's happened four nights in a row or whatever, wakes up that morning, 
the statue's facing him. It's not facing straight anymore. And he's just like, and his brother's out of town. Like there's like no one who could be messing with him. And he's like, that's so weird. Brother, I think gets home in, in like a day or so. So the next night, he's like, I don't want to deal with this again alone. He's, he just kind of, it's been, he's tired. He hasn't slept well. He has their family dog come in. And so he sleeps on the couch, wakes up again in the middle of the night. And his dog is just growling at his room. Just, just you know, facing his door, the, facing the door, his of his door room. just, just low, low guttural, just kind of the, <laughs> you know, the, the buildup, the buildup growl or whatever. And he says that went on as long until he fell asleep. He, he didn't know how long it was going. The dog was growling, but it was long enough to where he saw it, heard it. And then he just dozed off again. So brother gets home and he's trying to tell his brother, he's like, Hey, like <laughs> this has been happening to me again, no slide marks. It's like you move the, the Santa Nino. There's like uh, no dust in the middle, right? Like it's hasn't, doesn't seem to have been moved. So his brother's just like punking him as as an older brother would, you know, calling him names and just like, yeah, be, you know, gotta be braver or whatever. So that night they go to bed again. He wakes up in the middle of the night, but this time the statue isn't facing him. It's like at the foot of his bed. Nope. And so he's like, um yeah no and so he says as fast as i could i just hit the floor and then jumped on my brother's bed it was like i don't care what my brother yeah it seemed like his brother like picked on him and like would like rustle him up ruffle him up a little bit and so you know thinking about that consequence i'd rather take a fist (laughs) than this freaking how big is the statue too it's like three feet high oh Oh, sorry 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 i was like what the fuck that's like that's a that's um, a that's an eight-year-old filipino It was that's like two. It was like two feet high. It, that's still pretty good. Still, that's still pretty good. I was thinking like a chess piece. It's like this. Damn. I don't know. Okay, it's like a foot and a half. Foot and a half. Two. That's feet. when I go five yards back, two to the left, <laughs> and then try to go for the three point conversion. <laughs> Just <laughs> jump back three times. <laughs> that's still terrifying. So this the statue's on his bed. He's like, I'd rather get my ass whooped by my brother. Mm-hmm. And then um, as he hops over to his brother's bed, his brother's like what the hell you know freaking out like what what are you doing you know it's freaking it's middle of the night and then he's like trying to say but he doesn't say anything and he looks at it and his brother's face immediately just goes white (gasps) and he and then so the little brother's looking at his older brother's face just white and pale and then he turns and as he turns the santa nina statue is in between their beds And I only laugh because I'm terrified. Um, and so the brother immediately like grabs, throws a blanket, wraps it up, puts it like in the corner. Is like we're not dealing with this. Next morning, he takes it. They take it out, go to the uh, pit in the school, lights it on fire. He oh, said. Shit. He said like it took a while to like light. Like it was kind of sketchy. Like it was really windy and just like adding the to that. The elements you know, were like, no. No, don't destroy this, you know. Their dog, when they were running out, the dog was just like barking at the at the blanket super viciously. And... Um, Dude, it's like, why baby Jesus do you like this? <laughs> well, uh, that's crazy because uh, the Santo Nino statue wasn't big at one point. But what made it big in that region of the Philippines is there was a church filled with these statues. And it caught on fire. Everything burned except for the Santo Nino's. Hold on. We okay, so we are recording 
in a cabin up in the woods. And Kevin, who doesn't get scared easily, he's shaking. Us he's shaking in fear right now because he just saw someone looking into our window. Hold on. Our backlight not turned on? In the door, in this one. I swear I saw it just peek through. Because our, our auto light would turn on. I don't know if it's a Dumont. <laughs> no, it's probably just... My imagination, because I was getting... Yeah, you're not seeing faces in here? <laughs> was it a, a little Santa Nino? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of Jesus. Eight pounds, six pounds. But it's, a cre- it's one of those creepy looking statues. He doesn't look like sweet. Go, go, go back, go, start again, so... You said there was a church full of little Santa Ninos? Yeah. Sorry, we just ran out back, turn on the light, there's no one back there. They also have a sensor light, so if someone was back there, it would go on, but... Weird things do happen. This cabin is very creaky and like noisy, and it's low, too, so people can so see in very easily. I feel so exposed right now. We have windows all around us. In With a, in the dark woods. curtains. Yeah, in so the dark see-through. woods. And naturally, Sean was the... First one walks over to the door real quick, like turns on the light, opens the door real quick, and stands outside. That's why I told Sean. <laughs> I looked just, over and I told him, I was like, I think I just saw somebody looking in your window. <laughs> that's Sean. If you look on our, if you follow our Instagram and you uh, look, saw our profiles of each other that we posted this week, Sean is our skeptic, <laughs> but wants to know. Yeah, he's our tank. Some may say he wants Matt to know truck. the truth. Uh, okay. Tell us Back about the, the Santo Nino statues in the church. That was super interesting. No, it was just uh, the Santo Nino became more prominent than everything else. I mean, not only because it's Jesus, but um, there was a church full of these statues. Church caught fire. Everything burned down. All the statues were destroyed except for the Santo Nino one. It was perfect. So it's interesting that Wild. they... That makes sense then. They have like Sinulog and all these huge... Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's crazy. So they eventually were able to burn it so yeah so eventually he, they it took a while to light it, it like he's like, like four or five times they're trying to get it lit i don't know what they were using to light it but they threw it in like a ditch if you've ever been to the philippines like there's just ditches around and i imagine where they lived in the school it was more rural so you can kind of just burn stuff whenever and so they're just they're doing that they're burning it and what's crazy too is after that happened because they did it just on the edge of their school years later like people since then have just been hearing weird weird have had weird occurrences at that school like whether they're hearing voices or they're seeing things like and that wasn't really happening before the school dude they light it on fire they throw it face down it lands in the mud face down on fire and as it's burning and crumbling it turns and faces them i would that would be wild that's what i should have said and then slush drip <laughs> um and <laughs> And, um, um, but no, yeah, super wild. And what's crazy too, is like afterwards that school was basically haunted and they had other people talking about their crazy experiences from it. But man, if that freaking, (laughs) that's crazy, dude. So that was a good round. I am excited though, uh, to share my, so for the clue for my next one, I'm just going to say one word. And that's sapase. And you say nabule. That's, that's not a real word. Nabule. Nabule. Sapase. Nabule. Okay. That's a clue for yeah, next time, next episode. But yeah, awesome stories. Yeah.
Be careful what you let into your life, what you give permission. And there's a lot of different ways you can give things permission. With vampires, the classic vampire, it's um, they have to ask to enter your home and you have to allow them to enter. Um, other what other things get in in different ways, whether it's you exploring or searching out how to lucid dream or uh, leave your body. I know that names have a lot of power. So a lot of the times if something is terrorizing you, if you can discover the name of that entity, then you have all the power. So just be aware of what you get permission, what you give permission in your life. Um, should we do some shout outs? Do we have any shout outs? Can I shout out? Yeah. My mom started listening to the podcast. What? Yeah. Wild. That's what you So, cool. hey, mom. Watch all them titty jokes, boys. <laughs> yeah, thank you for your support so far. Uh, as always, if you have any stories, we're looking for them. We're excited to hear your experiences. Please send them via Instagram, uh, through the DMs, or email them, which would probably be a little bit better. Either or, our email is 3ampodcaststories at gmail.com thanks guys yeah hey thanks for having me on you guys no always thanks yeah thanks for coming kevin this is our last night in this uh area damn this is our last night in the the studio we're moving we're moving to our more advanced studio uh next week so bigger and brighter things coming along in the meantime trust your gut watch your back take care of each other Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.